Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friends. Trisha Goyer here, and I'm with Gary Chapman. Now, if you've heard anything about the five love languages, this is the person that has been talking about it for decades, helping families, helping us to have better relationships as we understand how to love each other better. We're going to be talking about a new book today, but first, Gary, would you just please start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I live in North Carolina. I'm married. I have two children, two grandchildren, and I've worked on the same church staff for 50 years. Wow. uh, Doing marriage and family counseling, among other things. And uh, actually, a year and a half ago, I officially retired from the church, but they let me keep my office and they let me keep my assistant. So I'm still here every day (laughs) if I'm not traveling. (laughs) That doesn't sound like it's retired very much to me. (laughs) Well, I love what I do. So why should I stop doing it? That's my, that's my thought. (laughs) Yeah. So before we talk about the book, which I, it's, um, I love this book. I listened to an audio book. It's so good. But I want to say what I realized as I was telling my husband, I was going to be talking with you, that the five love languages have become a part of our everyday vocabulary um you know i i we realized like oh you know i need some more love in this area and remember that i'm a physical touch person so you need to come over here and cuddle me and i was just (laughs) thinking we've been married 33 years and after all this time it is the vocabulary that we can say um this is what i need this is what i see you need and so um for those i don't know who would not be familiar but for those who aren't (laughs) familiar with the five love languages why don't you just start by talking about that and then we'll talk more about your new book surely uh well one love language is words of affirmation such as you look nice in that outfit i really appreciate what you did Mm -hmm. you know one of the things i really like about you it's just using words to affirm yeah. the other person. You know, I, I did have a lady the other day, uh, Trisha, that said to me, I know it would be good if I could give my husband some positive words, but to be honest with you, I can't think of anything good to say about the man. Oh, no. <laughs> and, I, and I said, does he ever take a shower? And she said, well, yes. I said, how often? She said, every day. I said, if I were you, I'd start there. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> you know, I've never met a man or a woman you couldn't find something good to say mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. And for some people, this is their love language. And if they don't receive any words of affirmation, they don't feel loved. I don't care what else you're doing. Mm-hmm. Second love language is acts of service. Doing something for the other person that you know they would like for you to do. In a marriage, that means would be such things as cooking meals, washing dishes, vacuuming floors, you know, washing the car, mowing the grass, changing the baby's diaper, anything mm-hmm. that you know they would like. You know, there's an old saying, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. If this is their love language, actions will speak louder than words. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. My academic background before I studied counseling and theology uh, was anthropology. I did an undergrad and and a master's in cultural anthropology. We studied cultures all over the world. 
we've never found a culture where gift giving is not an expression of love. Mm -hmm. It's universal. The gift says they were thinking about me. Look, look what they got for me. And uh, they don't have to be expensive. We've right. always said it's the thought that counts, but it's not the thought left in your head. It's the thought, <laughs> <laughs> the gift that came out of the thought in your head. Okay. Right. Yes. So, so gifts. Then there's quality time. Giving them your undivided attention. I do not mean for a couple sitting on the couch watching television. Someone else has their attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. TV is off. Computer is down. We're not answering our phone. We're giving each other our undivided attention. Or we can be walking down the road talking or going out to eat, assuming that we talk. You know, we've all seen couples in the restaurant sitting across from each other. They both have their phone out. They're answering their text messages. <laughs> That's not quality time. And, and you don't always have to be talking. Right. You, you could be doing something that the other person really enjoys doing, and they would like for you to do it with them and give your full attention to it. So uh, quality time. And then number five is physical touch. Mm -hmm. And we've long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies, hold, hold them, kiss them, cuddle them, long before the baby understands the meaning of the word love. The baby feels love by physical touch. In marriage, this would be such things as holding hands, kissing, embracing, the whole sexual part of marriage, arm around the shoulder, driving down the road, you put your hand on their leg, sitting around the house and they walk by and you trip them. I, I'm kidding. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do the don't, tripping don't, part. Don't, don't, don't trip anybody. <laughs> that was a love trip right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the basic idea, of course, is that out of the five, each of us has what I call a primary love language. That's the one that speaks most deeply to us emotionally. And if we don't receive love in our primary language, we will not feel love, even though the person speaking some of the other languages. Mm, that's so good. Okay, I have a couple stories for you, because this is a book of stories. I'm going to throw in a couple of my own. So one of our daughters is definitely a words of affirmation kid, and we've, we have 10 children. We've adopted seven of them. So it took me a while to figure out their love languages, but one of them, she was about 11, and I realized, like, she just hated her chores. She didn't want to clean the kitchen. She would grumble and complain. And here I am, you need to do it. I would try consequences. Nothing would motivate this girl. And then I realized like, wait, she is a words of affirmation. So she's in there and she's grumbling. She's not happy. She's doing this and kind of wiping the counter down. She hadn't even loaded the dishwasher yet. And I'm like, wow, you were really doing a good job on that counter. It is like sparkling. All of a sudden she perks up and I was putting away laundry. So every time I walked by the kitchen with another basket, I am so impressed by the way you're rinsing off those dishes. And she, this is the one that would never want to do her chores, that would be on the floor grumbling and complaining. She sat in there for an hour. She was wiping down the canisters because every time I walked by, and I was, I was finding reasons to walk by the kitchen, um, <laughs> but it just encouraged her and it didn't become that big of a problem. One, because I realized like she just wants encouragement. She yeah. wants someone to notice her and to give her affirmation. And uh, she now, she, She's seven, 18 now, she's, and she she is one of my best kitchen cleaners, and it came <laughs> from those words of affirmation. Another one, this has just happened two weeks ago, probably because I was listening to this on audio, so it was all fresh in my mind, <laughs> and one of our daughters, she's 13, and was really having a hard day. She was grumbling and complaining and fighting with her siblings, you know, like quarreling, not like big fighting, yeah. but, and I realized, I'm like, she's a quality time kid. She just needs some quality time. So I said, you know what, tomorrow morning I have to take, uh, or we, we, she goes to horseback riding lessons. I'm like, before that, do you want to just go get coffee and we'll just go 
sit at the coffee shop and have time together before we go to your lessons. That First of all, that changed her whole attitude for the day, just knowing that that was in the plan. She mm -hmm. was up. She was ready to go early. She was so excited about that time together. And so these principles really apply to everyday life, which leads into this book of stories. And this is 28 extraordinary stories of the five love languages in action. So it just shows people when they see the love needs of other people, how they're serving, how they're offering that physical touch, how they're offering that words of affirmation. And I was crying in some of these stories. I was <laughs> laughing in some of these stories. Um, they are they are so good. I'm, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. I was in the audio. I'd be in the kitchen laughing, and my kids are like, "What are you laughing about?" So then I tried to explain the whole story. So I would just love, like, why did you decide that this is going to be a, a great way to talk about the love languages through the stories of other people sharing like their experiences? Well, I kept hearing stories like the mm -hmm. ones you just told, you know, mm -hmm. and there's so many of them out there. Uh, and uh, uh, James Bell, who assisted me in that, also collected some of those stories. And uh, and then what I did, of course, at the end of the story, I would just observe right. the love languages that they were speaking and then challenge the people to be thinking in terms of situations like this when you might have an opportunity to express love to somebody in your circle of contacts throughout the day. Because I think uh, you know, there are a whole lot of people, they see themselves as a loving person. They, you know, they, they want to love, but we've got so much going on in our lives. We're so busy mm -hmm. that sometimes we miss really great opportunities to be God's agent for expressing love to somebody uh, that's right there in front of us. But we don't, we're so busy, we don't see the opportunity. And uh, this story will open up some of those uh, opportunities, I think, in the mind of the reader. Yeah, and I love that. So you have the story, which again, laughing and crying. There's, you know, uh, one, people helping homeless people. I think that was the first one that was there, a homeless man. And then there's stories of couples that are bound for mar for divorce because their relationship's so rocky. And then those words of affirmation change things. There's some that lost spouses that realize, okay, maybe they could love again. There's so many different stories from different walks of life. So this isn't a book. For married couples or single people this is just observing the five love languages in all of life and like you mentioned at the end um i'm just going to hold this up it just talks about the love in the love languages in action and then you're explaining like this is how it works and love is a choice and this is what god says about it this is a scripture verse where jesus talks about these very principles and so it is such a great like if you are someone that just loves like i love hearing about stories and i love hearing true experiences you're gonna love this book if you're someone that's like tell me the teaching tell me what to do in my own life you're going to love this book because it's the both. It's the stories and then it's the applications at the end that really explain um, what it's about. So what did you learn? I mean, after all these times of stories, was there something that really stood out to you that's like uh, a point that maybe just came across so well in one of these stories? You know, one that just really gripped me, and you talked about crying, the tears came to my eyes on this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was the it was the lady who had been a public librarian. Mm -hmm. She was retired. She and her husband never had children. And she was in her backyard working in her garden as a retired person. And a little girl about mm -hmm. four years old came through the bushes from the next door next, next door to them. And the little girl said, will you play with me? And she said, I'm busy. And she said, I'm Lily. Will you, will you play with me? 
And she said, I was just so touched by her. I thought, okay, I took my gloves off and, and said, uh, what do you want to play? And she said, I want to play house. And I want you to be the child and me to be the mother. Mm. <laughs> so she said, we played for a while. And then I told her, okay, now I've got to go to work in my garden. So you run along home. Okay. So the little girl ran home and she thought that was that. But the next day, the little girl knocked <laughs> on the back door. Yep. And when she went to the door, she said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm cooking. And she said, can I help you? She said, no, why don't you go back and help your mother? And she said, my mother's not home. Well, who's keeping you? She said, a babysitter. Mm -hmm. And she said, can I help you? And she said, okay, well, come on in. <laughs> so she let her stir some things. But those, those two things in those two mornings was the beginning mm -hmm. of a relationship that went on for over 20 years. Yeah. And as the girl got older, they would sit on the, uh, on the swing in the porch and talk to each other. And literally, this girl became the daughter that he that that this woman had never had. Mm -hmm. And even when she went off to college, when she came home, she'd come to visit her, and they would talk about you know what was going on in college and so forth. And she said, you know, what I realized, I took what I thought to be an interruption, mm -hmm. and I recognized it as an opportunity. She's I didn't in, initially intend that it would be something that would go on for a lifetime. But it's been so meaningful to me to have this young lady in my life. And, and, and it's been very meaningful to her. So, you know, when we love somebody, it's not just that we're helping them. It also helps us because everybody needs relationships. So that's a rather extended expression of quality time mm -hmm. where she gave the little girl her undivided attention, the older girl her undivided attention, and they just built a tremendous relationship. But I think that principle that many times what we see as an interruption in our lives mm -hmm. is really an opportunity to love someone. If we just will tune in to the reality and maybe begin the day by asking God, show me the opportunities today that I have to be your representative in loving somebody. And when we feel interrupted, think about it. Maybe this is an opportunity. I then an answer prayer too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that so much. It made me think of, because uh, I read that story too. I was crying. I'm telling you, I, I was laughing and crying. And so many of these stories, I, I remember that one and I was crying. And it made me think of my own Sunday school teacher. So we, I was in a small little country church in Northern California where I grew up. And there was probably like three or four kids, but that her name was Margo. She was there every week and she was teaching us. And we memorized scripture and we would get something out of a little um, cardboard treasure box. You know, we'd get a, a little prize or a sticker and sometimes she would let us come stay at her house, I mean, like a couple of us for the weekend. And then she would take us mm -hmm. out to Chinese food, which like was when I was little, we didn't eat out a lot. So it was like amazing to go out to Chinese food and pick anything I wanted. And the menu end when as a teenager, I was wandering from God and like, does God love me? And I don't know. I would think about her and think about that mm -hmm. time she spent with me. And it made a huge impact. We're still, you know, communicate um every so often but you never know how those like we're talking about quality time but those moments where you know she's teaching Sunday school but she invested even beyond that yeah, yeah. to in someone's life it really makes a difference and that is love and so you know I love that these love languages don't only apply to people in your household they are neighbors and friends and uh, relationships at church and all of us need love and all of us uh, want love and I just I just think it's so cool that so many stories they highlight different things and um, they're heartwarming and but they make you really see like okay 
I need to stop. And like you were saying, I need to pray about who does God want to bring in my life and how can I influence people? And just this year, we homeschool our kids and this summer, all the kids are breaking for the summer. We usually don't see the other homeschool kids in our co-op. And I'm like, you know what, what if we did a weekly Bible study? So we're going to start in a couple of weeks. They're going to come over. I told the kids that the kids and the parents pack their lunch we'll do a bible study then everyone can hang out that's quality time and those are just and the kids are so excited because now they get to still see each other during the summer it's going to take a couple hours in our week that will take time but you know i think all these things we never know the relationships and the importance that you know that older woman had on that younger woman through her thoughts and decisions and her future it's so impactful Um, and god will show us like you said pray about who do you want to bring into our life today and God will show us. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And it's all kind of opportunities. And some of them, it only takes a moment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the story in there about the, the family that was going on a vacation to Carlsbad Cavern and they get there and the rangers say, I hate to tell you, but uh, we've had to close the park. The snow is too deep and da da da. And uh, this guy heard the man in front of him in his car and he started arguing. What do you mean? It's, it's, it's not that much snow, you know? And he was yelling at the guy, the ranger. And uh, so when he gets up there, he says, well, thank you for thinking about us and for taking care of us. You know, he gave him words of affirmation after the guy just heard really harsh words. And then when they went back down down the hill, they stopped at a restaurant to get coffee and, and chocolate, hot chocolate for the kids. And while they were sitting there, I said, why don't we get some coffee? Take back that for and give to those rangers. So they took the coffee up there and, and said, we just want, wanted to, we know it's cold out here and we thought you might enjoy some coffee. He said, the happiness on the, the face of those of those rangers was more, ha- it gave me more satisfaction than hiking in the canyon. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that was just a one-time thing. It's just, a, you know, he never probably saw them again, but I'll guarantee you those rangers will remember. Mm-hmm. They will you remember. remember. That, you remember that guy in his family that came back and went, oh, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. And the people, if we could spread love like that, you know, in our country, we need a whole lot now of love rather than, you know, fighting each other and arguing with each other and saying hateful things about each other and all of that. Love can transform a culture. And and, and where should it start? If it's going to start, I think it'll have to start with Christians. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such an example for the kids, the kids that are there and they get to participate and get to see the look on uh, their faces. Um, years ago, we started doing homeless bags. We keep in bags a bottle of water and toothbrush and toothpaste and those things. And the kids would be looking for people mm. to give them to. Mm. Um, and just recently, it's so funny because I'm listening to this on audio. So my kids aren't even hearing it out loud because it's in my earbuds. Um, but we were coming home from, I think, co-op that day, homeschool co-op. And some workers were in Arkansas. So it was already like 80 nine degrees (laughs) a couple weeks ago and some workers were putting in a new internet line and so Mm. they're out there and they have their hats on and they're sweating and my kids are like can we have some bottled waters to take down to those guys and they're the ones that initiated it and i'm like yeah there's bottled waters in the garage go ahead and they ran down the street and they had their 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 little box of bottled waters and they said they were so excited that people saw them and brought them (laughs) waters and it's just again that probably took them 10 minutes yeah, to get the waters yeah. out of our garage, to go down the street, to take it to them. But again, those guys felt seen and appreciated, which 
how many cars have been walking, driving up and down the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. I oh, didn't yeah. even think of doing that. My children thought <laughs> of doing that. But yeah. yeah, it is. It's good. I mean, these our kids can see these things. They can see love in action. And then later, you know, we could talk about, well, have you heard about the five love languages? You What you did was an act of service. Yeah. And you were really just showing love in a way. And I think that is so encouraging. That's one of the greatest gifts I think we can give our children is a model of doing things like that with them. And they begin to get the sense, the sense of this is neat. We're helping people, you know, and now they got the picture that we're here to serve. That's what yeah. Jesus said. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So when kids can pick that up, you know, just being modeled by their parents and they're being a part of it. And it's giving them a good start in life. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of, you know, Mother's Day is coming up. This would be a great book to give a mom or a, a influential woman in your life. It just, I think it's so encouraging. But also, like, we do family devotions every night after dinner. I'm thinking, ah, because these stories aren't very long. I mean, they're maybe three pages, four pages long. Like a, maybe we could start reading these for our, our family devotions, too, and talking about it. I think because. If I'm laughing and crying, I think my kids will be too. <laughs> this will be great to do for family devotions. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I hadn't really thought about that, but I think, yeah, for to read it to kids and let them hear what other people are doing, it, it'll have an impact on them. Yeah. Okay, so what, one thing I always love, because I know in the process of writing books and serving other people, and I know you do counseling, um, we're often changed in the process. So in this process of sharing about the love languages and writing the books and hearing the stories, how have you been changed um, as you've been sharing this message? Well, you know, one of my greatest satisfactions is when I do marriage conferences, which I do periodically around the country on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Almost every Saturday I do one of those. There are five or 10 people who come up to me in the course of the day and say, we just want to tell you, that the book, The Five Love Languages, literally saved our marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were just at the end of the rope. We thought it's never going to work. We're too different. We read the book. We realized how we'd been missing each other emotionally. We took the quiz. We learned each other's language. We started speaking love in that language. It absolutely saved our marriage. And, you know, I think the reality is all, almost everyone agrees that one of our deepest emotional needs as humans is the need to feel loved. Mm-hmm. and particularly by the significant people in your life. And if you're married, the person you would most like to love you is your spouse. You know, if you feel loved by your spouse, life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like they don't love me, they wish they weren't married to me, life begins to look pretty dark. And and here's the other thing, the title of that book, Love is a Choice. Yeah. You know, you may have a, you may have a spouse and, and you don't have love feelings for them. Maybe they haven't loved, loved you in, a right, in the right language, and maybe they've even spoken harshly to you and things. So you have a choice. You can go with your emotions. And they're not loving you. I'm not loving them. You know? Or you can do what Jesus said, love your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Love is a choice. And so we, if we can learn their love language, you just start speaking it and see what happens. I, many, many times in my counseling, I've given a spouse a six-month challenge. Mm-hmm. Either the spouse wouldn't come for counseling. So would you be willing, if we can sit here and figure out your spouse's love language, would you be willing, with God's help, to speak their love language at least once a week for six months? And let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. 
over and over again, I've seen that other spouse who wouldn't come for counseling begin to melt because they know if they're not loving, if they're not loving their self, they know they don't deserve the love they're getting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And God uses that to touch their heart and they will begin to warm up and begin to say, oh, what, 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 can, what can I do to help you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, if you'd like, you, so you can share your love language at that point. See, most of the time, by nature, we're waiting for them to love us. Mm-hmm. They love us, we love them. Anybody can do that, you know, but it takes God's help to love somebody that's not loving you, mm-hmm. uh, but it can transform uh, a marriage. Yeah, and, and it also makes me think of adopted kids. I mentioned we've adopted seven children. We had a newborn, and then the other ones were two and five when we adopted them, and then four girls that were sibling group. They were 11, 13. 13 and 15 and they've had and when you know they came from foster care so these are strangers and suddenly you have to figure out like how to show them love and it might not be um okay look at we got you new clothes or we're gonna go on this vacation it is hey you want to sit beside me and do this puzzle or like i've mentioned before those words of affirmation like i am so proud of you you did such a great job and um look at look at how much you've grown and look at all your the changes and the positive choices and um when they start hearing the things that speak to them like i could give all the words i want but if they just want me to sit by them like it's really it it has taken figuring out what their individual love languages but we've seen changes and we've seen them blossom and there's that empty hole it's almost like you know that that crack ground and then when you start loving them in the way that feeds them and they start blooming before your eyes into um into the people they were designed to be who god designed them to be because they're getting loved in the right ways and then pointing them to god's love because we we can't mention we can't you know not mention this but jesus showed all the ways and all the love languages would you share a little bit about that because i think that is I mean, there's an example that we have right here in the word of yeah. God of Jesus really loving in all the love languages. Yeah. And I, I wrote a book some years ago called God Speaks Your Love Language. I have that <laughs> one, too. <laughs> Whatever your love language, I'll guarantee you God speaks it. I just went through the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and mm-hmm. you can see God doing all of these things. For, for example, Saul on the road to Damascus, mm-hmm. he, he hated the church. He was putting Christians in jail. Mm-hmm. but he had an encounter with God that was physical. Mm-hmm. You know, he fell from his horse. He was blinded. God got his attention. And and God still does that sometimes to people. I don't mean necessarily blinding them, but I remember a guy said, Dr. Chairman, I, you know, I've never been much religious. He said, I went to church once in a while. He said, but man, I was sitting there that day in church and, and I was hearing the preacher and he said, my body started shaking. And then I started crying. And he said, mm-hmm. I just sensed, man, God is speaking to me, you know? Well, not everybody has that kind of experience, right. but if physical touch is your language, God will speak that language. It lets mm-hmm. you know he loves you, you know, mm-hmm. and then it's filled. Bible's filled with words of affirmation. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, so, yeah, it, it's a fascinating uh, concept and a fascinating study to uh, see how everything flows from God's love. You know, every command in the Bible flows from God's love. If he mm-hmm. says, don't do this, it's because he knows it's not going to be good for you. If he says do this, he knows it's because it'll be good for you. He wants us to have the best possible life. And so we just follow his commands and we're going to have the best possible life. Yeah, so good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to you know, collect these stories and then to share the insight with the stories. Um, again, this is perfect for 
a Mother's Day gift, a graduation gift. We're in the graduation season now, Mm -hmm. um, doing family devotions. I think there's so many ways. And then for me, just as a mom, as I'm at the end of my day making dinner and listening on my headset, uh, I was encouraged. I felt uplifted as I'm seeing, okay, this is this can really make a difference. These little things that we do every day really make a difference. So I appreciate you um, taking time to do this. Again, it's available in Kindle and in paperback, in audiobook, um, in addition to all I have so many of your other books too, <laughs> Love Languages for Children, uh, Love Languages for Couples. There's so many great resources that you've written over the years that really just help. And again, now it is a common, like we talk about these things in our marriage, in our lives, because we know them and it has helped us. So first of all, thank you for helping our family too. Well, thank you, Trisha, and thanks for sharing that. And thanks for what you're doing, you know, on your, on your podcast and the, the other things you're doing. So let's just seek to be faithful in reaching out and loving people and see what God does. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that they know um, where they can go. So this the five love languages.com. You have so many resources and information and quizzes and all that you want to ever know about the five love languages. <laughs> um, it's there, but make sure you get the, the books and resources too. Um, they are a great benefit. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you, and thank your listeners who are, who are listening and watching. So it's great to be with you and to be with them. Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com, and I can't wait until we connect again.